What's up, everybody? It is Sunday, June 30th, 2019. Welcome to another edition of the Yo Adrian Podcast, coming to you live from Austin, Texas. Follow the podcast at Yo Adrian Pod on Instagram and please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. La, 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 wait till I give my money right. I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven. When I woke, I smit that on a necklace. I told God I'll be back in a second. Man, it's so hard not to act reckless. To whom much is given, much is tested. Get arrested, guess until he get the message. I feel the pressure under more scrutiny. And what I do, act more stupidly. Bought more jewelry, more Louis V. My mama couldn't get through to me. The drama, people suing me. I'm on TV talking like it's just you and me. I'm just saying how I feel, man. I ain't one of the Cosby's. I ain't go to hell, man. I guess the money should have changed them. I guess I should have forgot where I came from. What up, what up, everybody? That, of course, is Can't Tell Me Nothing by Kanye West. And that song is my permanent mood for the rest of 2019 and probably for the rest of my life because we are now live from Austin, Texas in a new quote-unquote studio. If you haven't guessed, uh, we took last week off because we were, I said, moving studios um, in the post. But what that means is that I was moving my whole damn life to Austin, Texas, and I've never been happier, if you can't tell by my enthusiasm throughout this podcast, and if you've been on my personal Instagram this past week slash weekend, I've been kind of savage on there, man, and I'm not holding back, and I'm just, I feel like I've gotten this huge fucking monkey off my chest, and I can finally start living my fucking life. Um, we had an episode called The Sunken Place a few weeks ago that was my interpretation of Get Out. And man, let me tell you, I've been in the fucking sunken place for two years. Uh, Get Out is probably in my top two movies now behind Pulp Fiction. Basic, I know. Um, And the reason I love Get Out so much is because of that sunken place metaphor. For those of you who have seen it, um, like I said in that podcast, that I don't like that movie because of the black-white thing storyline. I like it because of this metaphor of the sunken place and just feeling like you're fucking trapped somewhere. And like you're helpless and you can't do anything no matter, you know, like you're trapped, man. So um, I finally have left my sunken place of my previous place of um, employment and um, the city that I lived in, man. And now we are live from Austin, Texas, the music, uh, live music capital of the fucking world and the state capital of this beautiful state of Texas that I don't ever plan on leaving. And I'm finally back in the big city environment that I was raised in. Um, man, where do I start? Um, before I get into the whole process of me moving to Austin, Texas, I want to start with this, uh, I went to church today for the first time in 2019. I'm not, um, 
you know, I'm not going to preach to you guys about what I believe and my faith because um, I don't know what I believe lately, to be honest. That's why I hadn't been to church all of 2019. The last time I went to church was when I was home for Christmas with my family. And then when I came home from Christmas break, I, I didn't go to church by myself. I had been attending um, sporadically um, throughout the past few years, but in 2019, I just stopped going, man. I just uh, felt the disconnect to uh, the church, not to my faith. The, all I know right now that I believe is that there's a higher power. A higher power exists. I don't know if it's God. I don't know if we're all praying to the same God. I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to get into details on religion. I hate uh, preaching what I believe, and I hate, um, to be honest, I don't like hearing it from other people either. I believe everybody should believe what they believe. And, um, you know, kind of keep it to themselves unless people ask you for that part of your life to be shared. But I want to tell this quick story. I'm not, this isn't from a preachy perspective. I went to church this morning. Let me tell you why. Because I fucking woke up early as shit because I had a nightmare for the first time. And as far as I can remember as an adult, and let me tell you what this nightmare was about. I'm not talking about monsters under my bed. Or I watched the fucking movie It and couldn't go to sleep. Um, I had a fucking nightmare where, and I'm cussing a lot because I'm just, uh, I'm excited, man. So I had this nightmare that I woke up early from about, um, I think this is a metaphor to life, that's why I'm sharing this. I had a dream that I was in a small town. Um, and first of all, everything in this dream, I, it wasn't in the town that I just came from. It was a random town. It was a lot of forest, forestry. It didn't even look like it was in Texas, but it was some small town, like, you know, like a wooden log cabin kind of town. And uh, I was by myself and I was in my car and something happened where like my car broke down. I don't know how I ended up in this situation, but I ended up being surrounded by a lot of white people in pickup trucks. And so maybe it was Texas, but, um, I don't know. It was a lot of like trees and it looked like we were in some type of forest. And honestly, it looked like the neighborhood where the parents, uh, live and get out. But, um, so I got, I got like, I had to pull over for whatever reason. And when I pulled over, I got surrounded by all these white men in pickup trucks and they were just giving me a hard time. And they, for some reason or another, we're not trying to let me leave. Like I was trying to get back in my car. I think I was like at a gas station or, or some convenience stop like that. And they just all surrounded me as I got back in the car and I was trying to continue my way along the road. And I don't know what the hell their problem was with me, but they just wouldn't let me leave. I don't even remember the details of why they were yelling at me or um, stuff. All I remember from the dream is a specific like uh, white man was like the leader of them all. And he was the one directly confronting me and having dialogue with me in the dream. I don't remember all the details, but what I do remember is just throughout the, that, uh, the dream, I just kept going, sir, I'm going to choke your ass out. You, you better calm the fuck down. I'm going to choke your ass out. I just kept telling him and everybody else that I was going to choke him the fuck out. And I think that's because, you know, I've been training, uh, jujitsu for about two months and, um, so I've been practicing how to choke people out. So that's all the dream was. It was like one of those um, like two to five minute dreams. And it was just a constant 
back and forth between me and this white gang of men in pickup trucks that were not trying to let me get back on the road and I was by myself and I just kept telling them I was going to choke them the fuck out. So I woke up from that and couldn't go back to sleep. It was like 6.30 this morning. Um, so they say, uh, if you're scared, go to church. You know, I think the great, uh, ice cube said that once. So I was like, shit, I got, I'm gonna go to church. I had a nightmare since I don't know when it wasn't really a nightmare. It was just, I couldn't go back to sleep after I, I had this, I woke up from this, right? So I'm like, shit, man, let me get a workout in. Let me go to church. And so I did exactly that. And then I go to church. And, you know, maybe this is just how I interpret things. You know, everybody interprets um, the message at church differently. But I kid you not, every word that was being spoken at church was about being trapped somewhere and not being able to leave. Um, And, uh... And it was good, man. I felt good that I went to church. It was definitely needed. I had to give uh, gratitude um, to whoever we're praying to that um, I'm finally in a position in life that I want to be in. And I'm finally happy and I am finally feel like I can start to build my life. To this point, everywhere that I've been before this has been temporary for me. I've, I've had a deadline. And anywhere, everywhere that I've been, whether it was grad school or whether it was internships, I always knew, okay, I'm only spending x amount of time here and then i got to look for the next you know um and even with my last job i i knew that 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 job was not where i wanted to be forever obviously nobody's going to be at their first job forever ideally um so i was just looking for the first road out to lead me to a bigger and better city and i'm finally here man we're in austin um great city fun city still growing city you know, all the California tech companies are moving out here and, you know, the local Texans hate that shit. They hit on all the Californians, but, you know, I love it. Um, you know, my type of people um, down here in Austin, for sure. Um, it's crazy. Um, my favorite thing is just, you know, when you live in a town of only roughly 100,000 people, which is where I was prior to this, and I'm never going to speak that town by name. Um, because it's so shitty, I don't even want to bring light to it. Um, the The biggest difference for those of you who have been in smaller towns or, you know, whatever, and then moved to somewhere bigger, and, and you, you can relate to this more, what I'm about to say, if you grew up in a bigger city and then have lived in a much smaller town or city. The biggest difference... Um, for me is the just the mentality that people have you know that that small town mentality where i feel sometimes people are so fucking sheltered that they just have this this weird me against the world uh, mentality or that like everybody's out to get them or like they're they're not trying to learn new things. They're not trying to, you know, they're just following in the footsteps of the people who did it before them. And there's no thought of self-improvement or thought of getting out and and bettering themselves um, for, for not only for themselves, but for the future generation and for their kids and their kids' kids, you know, one day. 
And, you know, I've always been of that mentality. I think it's just the way I was raised that, you know, I, I look at the way my parents grew up and the way me and my sisters grew up and we grew up better, man. And that, that wasn't by fucking chance. That's because my parents took risks and improved, took, and you know, their, their lives suffered, um, financially and whatever. They took whatever risks they needed to take, um, to provide a better life for, for me and my, and my sisters. And now I feel like I got, I got a responsibility to them and to my future family one day to do the same. You know, we can't remain stagnant. We, we gotta always try to improve the next generation. And, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, to set myself up for the future, you know, and I, I finally feel that I am in the place to do so. Um, I'm happy. I'm, I have no intention of, of hopping around, you know, the, the person that was in the position prior to me, who's, who I, I just took their job because they retired, um, was in my same role for 21 years, you know, and I think that that speaks a lot to, to th- this area and hopefully to, to the, the, the job that I just took, you know, that obviously it's a place where, where people don't look to leave, you know, once, once you're in a, in a good role in a good city in a good position like that, you know, I have no plans of, of hopping around the next two, three, even five years, you know, maybe I'll hop around within the city if another better opportunity arises. But, uh, for now I am very satisfied with where I'm at and I'm very thankful to uh, all the people that helped me get here, all the people that have supported me through the shitty places I've been to before. You guys know who you are. If you ever came to visit me in any of the shitty areas that I lived before, man, I really appreciate that. I, I never invited many people out to where I was before because it was like, man, what the fuck am I going to invite you out here for when there ain't shit for us to do? And you're just going to waste money on a plane ticket and waste money on the weekend spending time with me. And it really ain't even going to be that fun, man. Just wait till I go back home to Chicago or something, or let's meet in another city. And, you know, I'll come to you is, is was kind of my policy just because I didn't, man, it wasn't fun where I was at before. What, what, what the hell, why would I invite people and have them be miserable with me? Um, instead of, you know, going somewhere else with them. So one thing I do want to say, and I know I'm kind of shitting on my previous uh, area, um, is that, um, the job that I was at, I work, so I, I lived in this, you know, uh, I call it a town, but you know, they want to call it a city of about a hundred thousand people. And I worked 40 minutes away from there, uh, in a small, small Texas rural town of about 8,000 people, small shit. Um, and I do want to say that where I worked, man, I, I can't say nothing negative about where I worked. My, my total, you know, uh, hate, that's coming out right now for where I lived was strictly from a social perspective and, you know, just not having much of a, of a social life outside of work because there just wasn't shit to do. You know, I, and you, I can't say that I didn't try. I did try, um, to have as much of a social life as I could, but there was just not shit to do, man. So like I got to a point where it was just like, I'm fucking wasting my time, you know, and kind of went into a, a hole of sorts where I would just, you know, try to have fun and, and make the most of my friends uh, whenever I visited them or they visited me and I saw them. But I got to a point where I started to realize the type of people that lived in this town and, you know, that they were just not my kind of people. 
you know, for better or for worse. You know, I, I tried, I, I tried my best to find like-minded people like myself that are constantly seeking self-improvement, whether it's physically, mentally, spiritually, you know, I, I tried my best and I just felt that I didn't, I never came across those people over there. So, um, but where I worked, I, I don't want to speak bad on where I worked, my place of employment, man. I met a lot of good people there. I, uh, loved my job, loved, loved the community I worked in. Um, it, it was great. I met, I, I have met a lot of good people. Um, and they, they treated me well, um, where I worked. Um, and I can't speak negatively on my place of employment, but I'm speaking all this negativity strictly on the city that I lived in. Um, well, I do have one negative to talk about, uh, the job, but, um, okay, let's get into that. So the one negative thing I do have to say about my job is my direct fucking supervisor because so, um, real quick, I don't want to spend too much time on this cause it pisses me off. But, um, so when I started looking for jobs back in, let's say it was probably like February of this year, I went to my direct supervisor before I ever applied to a job. Um, you know, I was on the job boards every day since like November, um, just waiting for, excuse me, for things to pop up. Oh, sorry. Uh, so I was on the job board since like November, just waiting for things to pop up, but there wasn't anything that came up in the Austin area of interest to me until about February. When I finally saw that first job that I was like, oh, I got to apply to this. I went to my boss and I said, Hey, um, you know, I want to have this conversation with you one-on-one and I want to explain to you why I want to seek other opportunities. And I, and I, we had this heart to heart conversation about, you know, that I didn't want this that to be taken as a personal attack towards, um, where I was working, but that this was a strictly social decision, um, that I was making for myself to, you know, improve my social life and, moved to a city that I felt more comfortable in. And Austin has been in my sights for a while now. So I, uh, we had a great conversation. We talked for about 45 minutes, just one-on-one. And, you know, this guy was like, you know, I understand, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You're young, you're single. Um, you know, he's like, I totally understand. I get it. Um, you know, this, this small town isn't like where you're from and you're trying to move back to that. I get it. I fully support you. So I was like, great, you know, I got, I got my, the blessing of my top reference. Um, so I I started applying to jobs. Um, and I think I got my first interview. Uh, Maybe it was sometime in April. I had an interview, um, in a Northern Austin suburb, not in the city. Um, it was in a suburb just outside of Austin on the North side. And I went on the interview and I told, you know, everybody at my current job that I was going on the interview and, you know, they were fine with it or whatever. And I went on the interview and to be honest, um, this place I interviewed at was in the suburbs. Like I said, it wasn't in the city of Austin and it was a very, how do I put this without offending anybody, even though I do that all the time. Um, okay. I'll just say it. it was a very white preppy school. And, you know, I'm Hispanic, I'm bilingual, and um, up until the eighth grade, I grew up in a very 
very Hispanic and black neighborhood on the west side of Chicago. Uh, my freshman year of high school, I moved to Northwest Indiana, as some of you may know, um, to a very white preppy school. Um, and you know, that's, you know, nothing against kids that go to white preppy schools, but with my skill set of being bilingual and the job that I do, I've, and the community that I just came from working in is very diverse, was, uh, 40% Hispanic and 30% African American where I was working at that uh, small town of 8,000 people before. And I really, really enjoyed that because as a minority and as somebody who's bilingual, um, my job becomes so much more satisfying when I can affect a community, um, you know, and communicate with parents and people in this community that haven't ever been able to communicate with the person that's in my role before. Um, so it was very rewarding more so than any job I've ever had before to be able to service a community in that way and just have, um, people feel comfortable with you because they can relate to your face and relate to the language that you're speaking to them. So, I went on this interview to this suburban white school and as soon as I walked in and, you know, they're showing me around and even the interview process was way over the top, making me jump through hoops and stuff. And, um, they made me write a fucking essay, um, at the end of the interview. So it was like a normal interview where you go in front of like five people in a conference room. And then after that, they walk me into another fucking room with a laptop and we're like, now we're going to need you to write um, a short essay. You have 20 minutes, uh, to do this and, uh, yeah, let us know when you're done. And it was the stupidest fucking little assignment. Like it was, it was just such bullshit and so over the top. And even before they made me do that and I got a tour of the school, I'm just looking around and it was very underwhelming for as nice of an area and neighborhood that the school was in. It was kind of, uh, I don't know. I, it just didn't feel right. It felt like everything was very forced and very like everybody that worked there had like something to hide. That's what it felt like. It felt like people were being fake and, and people were just putting on a facade. And it felt like, uh, if you ever seen that movie, five O goes West. I don't know why I just thought of that right now. Uh, you know, the mirage, that, that movie is the reason I ever found out what a mirage is. If you ever seen Fibo, Fido Goes West, some shit like that. You know, the little the little mouse that's a cowboy. There was like a series of movies. I remember The Land Before Time, and then I remember uh, Fido Goes West from when I was young. I don't know why those... And Indian in the Cupboard. Shout out to Indian in the Cupboard. Um, but yeah, uh, it, was, it just felt like everything there was a mirage of shit. And I didn't like it, man. So as soon as I walked out of that interview, I was like... I was like, well, I'm glad I went on the interview. It had been a while since I'd gone on an interview, and I'm glad I got the interview experience. But... Like when I walked out of that job, I was like, man, if they call me, I'm going to take it just because I want to move to this area in order to get me one step closer, even though it wasn't in Austin, it was in a suburb 10 minutes north of Austin. So I was like, man, if they offer it to me, I'm going to take it. But really, I'm not crazy about this job. Well, thankfully, they never even offered me that fucking job. So I didn't even have that opportunity. Um, And then um. I went through a dead time where nobody was fucking calling me back. And I had, I applied, I think I ended up with a final list of like, uh, eight schools in the Austin area that I applied to. 
And then my next interview didn't end up being until here at the job that I just got. And it was later in the interview process uh, after I think I got this interview the last week of school. Um, And for those of you that don't know, I'm an athletic trainer um, at a high school. And so the last, um, I went on this interview the last week of school, which is like the last week of May, and uh, it went great. So this school is actually in Austin, in the Austin City School District um, on the north side of town. And actually, so the Austin School District has six high schools within Austin City limits, and they actually had two positions open. And the interview went great. Totally different vibe from that suburban school um, I interviewed at. And I loved it. And, you know, I had my fingers crossed that they'd offer me the job. And I leave the interview with feeling good about it. And literally, I hadn't even um, left the city of Austin. And an hour later after the interview, I got a phone call from the people who had just interviewed me. And um, they called me and asked me, which of the two positions I was more interested in because they were both interested in me. So I had already done my research on the two schools before, and I knew that one of the schools um, had a diversity of 85% Hispanic students. And the other school was pretty diverse too, but it was on the south side, but it was just... um, kind of more similar to the school that I had just left um, in terms of uh, being more out in the country slightly. Um, And this northern school was 85% Hispanic and it's on the north side of the city. And it really drew my attention for the location. It's actually, I wanted to live more on the north side of the city. I'm closer to, I'm right in between kind of the downtown area and then some cool things that are also on the north side of Austin. I'm, I'm very close to everything. Um, so let me fast forward. Um, I take this job, I get offered the job. And uh, the last I heard from the them was that they were gonna just so I interviewed on like a Tuesday. And the last I heard of them was that I'm going to uh, that they were going to just check references and give me a call back with a decision on Friday. So Friday comes and goes and I don't hear shit from them. And so I'm like sitting at home, nervous, sweating, you know, like tapping my foot, just watching TV, like waiting on this phone call and it never came. And then um, I already start to have suspicions that, you know, that has definitely had to do with a hold up with the references. So I Saturday comes around. And Saturday at 7 p.m. on a Saturday, I get an email from the lady who interviewed me. And she sent me an email on a Saturday at 7 p.m. saying that she couldn't get a hold of my references. And if I could please provide her with alternate references from my current place of employment for her to contact. And when I read this email, my fucking blood boiled. And I was so hot and pissed off. And so I immediately call um, one of the references and me and this, um, my, she was kind of my secondary supervisor, the principal of the school. Um, we had a great relationship. Um, and, um, 
I call her on her cell phone and I, you know, tell her the situation that this lady hasn't been able to get hold of her. And I only had her office number listed. So she, she told me that I could go ahead and provide her cell phone number and to have the lady call her. So I did that. And then I call my primary supervisor on his cell. So I had written his cell phone on my reference list. And so I call him on Saturday after I read this email. Phone rings like once or twice. He forwards it and he doesn't answer. So I immediately hit him with the text and I don't tell him what I want to talk about. And I just say, hey, uh, give me a call back when you got a sec. Never calls me back. Doesn't call me back on Sunday either. And I didn't bother him again on Sunday. I forward him the email um, from the lady, you know, that was saying she couldn't get a hold of my references. And I just tell him to please respond to her at his convenience. And so I, I didn't say anything about it on Sunday because I was like, okay, I'll just confront him about this on Monday when I go back into work. And so that was my plan. And then on Monday, um, I go into work and I just, you know, say good morning to this guy. And he doesn't even look in my direction when I say good morning. And he just kind of, you know, pretended like he didn't hear me or even see me, didn't even look in my direction and just walk past me. And at that point, I was like, okay, I see exactly what the fuck's going on around here. So, um, I ended up not addressing it with him in person that day. And, um, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just tell that lady, um, I'm going to follow up with her email and ask if she was able to get a hold of any of my references. And if not, I'm going to provide her with the two alternates like she had asked. You know, I had, I was fortunate to have great relationships with a lot of people there that I worked with. And I had plenty of people that could speak good, good in my name, you know? So I just let it kind of play out. And that day she actually did contact my other reference and I was in her office when they called her. And so then I asked her for her advice and kind of told her what was going on with the other guy. And, and her advice to me was just let it play out and see what happens. So I did. And then the next day at 9am, I got a call from the job and they verbally offered to me. And so then, um, you know, she told me that she, I was instructed not to say anything to anyone yet until it was official and I signed on a contract on the dotted line. And so that ended up happening uh, two days later on a Thursday. And um, we're off on Fridays in the summer. So I went back in on Monday and just turned in my letter of resignation. It was one sentence just saying that I was resigning effective immediately. Um, and I resigned on Monday. And uh, the dude tried to make a, a fuss about it, that that wasn't right and that I needed to put in two weeks and that I still had days on my contract. And, you know, I tried to be as polite as I could and just say, you know, um, I didn't want this to end this way, uh, which is why I spoke with you about this four months ago. And, you know, I know this isn't the best way to head out, but unfortunately, that's this is how it's going to fucking go. Um, and so I just left. I didn't give any notice, turned in my letter of resignation, and I walked out. And uh, it was great, man. That was one of the happiest days of my life up until the day that I actually moved here three days ago. And didn't even shake the guy's hand on my way out. And I, I highly doubt I will need him for anything um, moving forward with my career. So sometimes, man, you know, um, that whole situation really made me realize that, uh, 
at the end of the fucking day, um, we're in this game of life on our own, man. You know, um, you think people are there for you, um, but really, if if it ain't your family and, or a close friend that you really trust, don't nobody give a fuck about you, man. That's what that shit made me realize. People are going to try to just either take advantage of you at some point, uh, no matter how good of a job you do for them, or no matter, you know, you know, sometimes people take a turn and, and they only need you for what they need you and, and they just, you know, whatever's better for them. And, you know, if, I don't know, it, you know, I, it, that just made me really realize we all got to just worry about ourselves first and foremost. Um, because at the end of the day, the, this, this life is fucking savage, man. And we got to do what we got to do for ourselves to be happy. At the end of the day, we're all just trying to be fucking happy. So whatever we need to do to do that, as long as you're not harming close loved ones near to you, then let's do it. You know, let's be selfish. Let's do what we need to do to fucking move forward in life and be happy. That's exactly what the fuck I did, man. So I never been happier. I, I do wish things could have ended a little differently. But at the end of the day, man, I had to do what I had to do. And I ended up winning that interaction because I got what I wanted. And now they're left in a situation where I have to be replaced. Um, and good luck with that. But back to Austin and fucking loving it. Little things, man. Little things of being back in a big city are just so fucking beautiful to me. Let me, let me give you an example. I uh, moved here. And there's no shower curtain on my shower right when I move in. So I had to go buy one. And I Google Bed Bath & Beyond, right? So let me see what the nearest Bed Bath & Beyond is. And I'm literally like half a mile from a Bed Bath & Beyond. And in the city slash town I lived in before, there was no fucking Bed Bath & Beyond, dog. So, like, you don't understand, like... You, you guys are listening to this like, what the fuck's he talking about Bed Bath & Beyond for? But when you lived somewhere so fucking deprived that didn't even have a Bed Bath & Beyond, you don't understand my happiness walking into that Bed Bath & Beyond to buy a fucking $20 shower curtain. I You should have seen me at the Bed Bath & Beyond. I was like a fucking kid on Christmas morning. I was smiling from ear to ear, walking through the Bed Bath & Beyond, happy as fuck to pay for this shower curtain. I'm talking to the cashier and telling her like my whole life story that I just moved here three hours ago. And she's looking at me like, dude, I don't give a fuck. Just pay for your curtain and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and man, I was, I was fucking happy. I would walk into anywhere just fucking smiling and just happy to fucking be there, man. Um, little shit like that. Bed, bath and beyond. Um, I, I went to, I went to the grocery store and I went in the self checkout lane and I had to get the fuck out of the self-checkout lane because there was no plastic bags. And I'm like, hold up, where are the plastic bags? And then I, it clicks with me that this is one of those cities with the bag policy where they don't sell plastic bags. You either got to bring your own shit or you pay like uh, 30 cents a piece for the, the recyclable, reusable ones. 
So in the self-checkout lane, they don't have no bags. So I had to get the fuck out of the line and go into a real checkout line and get me a recyclable bag. Um, so like little shit like that, man. Like I'm finally somewhere that isn't just so fucking, I don't know what the word is, trapped, deprived of culture primarily. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been living in Texas for two years. And ain't never even bit by a mosquito. The last fucking place I live, I don't even think mosquitoes live there, dog. And, um, you know, Texas rattlesnakes, never saw one of those. That, that shit was so weak. They didn't even have snakes. Snakes and mosquitoes didn't want to live there. And I already saw my first armadillo. Never saw an armadillo before. Well, except at the zoo. We got armadillos here, dog. We got snakes. We got mosquitoes. We got armadillos. Even those three things knew not to fucking live where I lived before. Um, oh man, this podcast has gone on a little longer than they usually do, but I had a lot to get off my chest. But to wrap things up, I am actually going home to Chicago. Well, like I said, I don't live in Chicago anymore. or My family doesn't, but um, I'll be in Chicago quite a bit when I'm home. But I will be going home to Northwest Indiana to see my family for two and a half-ish weeks before I start my new job at the end of July. And while I'm home, uh, this will be the last solo podcast for a little bit. I've been looking forward to this for a long time, ever since I started the podcast, to finally have our first guest on the show. So I will be recording three podcasts um, while I'm home, starting next week, next week's guest is my friend from high school, one of my first friends uh, from when I moved to Chica- from Chicago to this uh, area in Indiana, and his name is Angel, and he will be coming on the show uh, for me to talk to him about fatherhood, about um, marriage. You know, he's married. He has he has a beautiful little daughter. Um, and he's a hardworking guy who I really look up to and respect. And we've been friends for a long time, man. And he's one of one of the friends in my life that, you know, you know, you have friends and then you have acquaintances. Um, and I was talking to that uh, with another one of my friends uh, earlier this week. And, um, you know, I'm just looking forward to talking to him about a lot of things that he's experienced in life that I haven't. Um you know, I've been career oriented for, for so long. And like I said, deprived of a social life um, or a quality social life, I should say. And I'm finally, you know, I feel like I got like a late start on all that stuff, but I'm finally feel that I'm in the position to do so. But he's somebody who, you know, I've watched from a distance and really admired um, just what he's been able to do um, as a family man, as, as a husband and as a father. And I respect him for that, and, and I respect his friendship, and, and we got some some good things to talk about. I, I got some some good topics I want to touch on with him, and then after him, um, I will have two of my other friends on the show, which I'll reveal um, once we set dates for those, but definitely next week, and I have uh, my buddy Angel on, and um, yeah, I, I've been looking forward to having guests on the show, so you guys don't have to just... Listen to me rant about bullshit all the time, um, but maybe some of you like that. So I'll still do solo podcasts here and there, but I'm really looking to consistently 
have guests now. Um, so the podcast is going to take a little turn from here on out. Uh, but that's all I got uh, this week, guys. Um, thank you for tuning in. And I will see you guys next week. That's all I have for today. Thank you all as always for listening. Don't forget to follow the podcast at Yo Adrian Pod on Instagram and leave us five stars and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We're going to sign off today to the, some new Chris Breezy featuring JB. The song's called Don't Check On Me. And remember, time is the only luxury and the universe has no motherfucking accidents. I'm out at the ball, having a night on the town Life of the party, pouring shots of the brown And you see me from the street, but I don't turn around Would you say I let you keep going? If I told your family that you didn't mean nothing If you posted about it and I didn't even comment If the songs weren't true, but you still feel something Would you still come looking for me? Oh, don't go reaching out Cause you can't have everything Head and your heart won't feel the same Even if it feels like it every time Don't check on me If we're not together And it's probably for a reason Every heartbreak has its season It ain't always summer in June May run across your mind But don't worry about me, no My heart is back in one piece It ain't skipped a beat, no Rest it up, I ain't missing sleep, no Don't take it personal if I can't reply now I'm distant cause I don't wanna be reached now Who let the ghost of our past weigh my future down? I'm liberated Energy's like a circle, it comes back around Reciprocated Don't shed no more tears Won't gain no empathy from me in the upcoming years Oh, I don't need your pity Don't check on me Oh, don't check on me If we're not together And it's probably for a reason Every heartbreak has its season